0: Hi, everybody. This is Jose Palomino, CEO of Value Prop and host of Business Growth on Purpose. And today's guest is going to talk about building cultures that help you retain people, attract people, and help you create an environment, a leadership environment, so that you actually are building teams that perform better and that are happier doing so. So that's a lot to cover, but we're going to cover it in this next episode as Sean Glaze, of great results team building joins us right now. Well, welcome, Sean, to Business Growth on Purpose. I am pleased to be here,
1: Jose. Looking forward to sharing some useful information with your leaders about how they can build a more intentional culture.
0: Wow. So I love that intentional culture. So, just in light of that, just to give further context to our audience, what do you do primarily, Sean, and who do you do it for
1: mostly? That is a fantastic question, and we could uh, probably weave around all kinds of past background stuff and talk about my experience as a high school basketball coach and building culture first in locker rooms. But over the last decade, I've translated a lot of those uh, lessons and insights in terms of team leadership and what builds an exceptional culture and really uh, been pleased to help a number of leaders in various industries to build more positive and profitable
0: team cultures by developing more effective leaders? Well, so developing effective leaders. And when I hear that, and I've, uh, like a lot of our practice at at my company, Value Prop, is often with owner leaders in uh, the mid-market, right? So companies, let's say, with less than 100 employees. And I know sometimes when we talk about leadership development, um there's a little bit of an eye roll like yeah that's big corporate stuff right and uh you know we have a culture we're like a family here everybody knows they can come into my you know I'm a, I <laughs> right. my I my, I've my got an open door we're good yeah exactly so how do you respond to that per let's start there like where does this these the, the idea of leadership development of intentional team culture cultivation where does that is there a company that's too small where that doesn't matter or you know where does it where does it apply
1: yeah I think whether you've got three or four or three or four hundred or three or four thousand your job is the same and obviously you know you're going to be leading teams of a certain number but ultimately one of the things that I'll talk about in terms of whether it's a coaching client or when talking about uh, how I'm putting together a a keynote program or a training event ultimately the, the the focus is What is the outcome? What do you people need specifically? Because not every environment is the same and not every team is struggling with the same issues. What I found, though, is that there are basically five issues that are the necessary ingredients for... An exceptional team culture. And I use the acronym GREAT. It's very easy to remember. Okay. One thing that is a pitfall sometimes for leaders is they don't clarify their goal. What is it we're here to accomplish together? What is that compelling common goal? What is that meaningful mission? And how do my people see that their efforts are actually contributing to something that they care about and feel good about being a part of? So that goal is the first thing. The next thing is relationships. And relationships, obviously, would be communication and connections and building trust. And especially these days, over the last couple of years, being out of offices and having, whether it's remote or even hybrid circumstances, where people haven't had a chance to really invest in learning personality styles and appreciating backgrounds and challenges and strengths. Yeah, and I want to That's look back where, to
0: that, your R. We'll continue through your great because I love the acronym. I love doing yeah, that. absolutely. And, and, but I definitely but, want to dig into this in, in a moment.
1: And as you might imagine, it's the relationships where you find a lot of the the need for leaders. And if I've not built a relationship, then those rules without relationships leads to rebellion of some kind. Mm-hmm. Next thing is expectations, and specifically again with a hybrid or a remote work situation, you've got to really be intentional about clarifying expectations. What are our team commitments? What are those standards that we're going to live up to? How are we going to communicate? When are we going to communicate? What is the the platform we're going to use to make sure we're consistent and effective moving forward together as a team and nothing slips through those cracks the next thing is accountability and giving people consistent and meaningful and helpful feedback so they can be better in their role and they understand the ripple impact of what they're doing and how that affects others. And then finally, I think this is, again, one of those things that oftentimes it's easy to forget is thanking people and making sure that you are showing appreciation and people feel seen for the effort that they're giving. And so that kind of those five areas in working with leaders, normally it's one or two of those areas that are deficient. And it's not that people don't know that they're important. It's just they get busy doing other things and they don't see the impact or the damage maybe that that's doing in terms of affecting their performance.
0: But, you know, my people, they know me and they know I appreciate them. And, you know, at the end of the day, our job is take care of our customers. That's what we're supposed to do. So why is that so hard? Why do I need to do anything more than just expecting people to be grown up, professional, and responsible? <laughs> you know, uh,
1: we talk about you know building a culture of retention and making sure that we are a, a a magnet of sorts for great people. And that starts with making sure that when you're recruiting people, you're getting the right ones. But one of the things I found as a basketball coach and working with leaders regardless of industry is that oftentimes we forget to recruit the team that we already have. And you've got people in your locker room who you sometimes make assumptions that, oh, they already know, they already feel, and they need to be reminded. Uh, And I think that that's one of the things, not just being reminded every meeting about here's why we're here, and this is a great example of somebody who's gone over and above, an example of a behavior that demonstrates the values you want to see emulated throughout the organization. But what are you doing to give your people a chance to to connect with, especially the goals in the relationship? Are they constantly being reminded of how what they do contributes to something larger than themselves? Are they constantly being reminded of the support and the people around them who can offer strengths? And again, uh, one of the things you see, not just in in in-person issues, but absolutely in remote is that lack of collaboration, because the answer is almost always inside the organization. But people oftentimes haven't built relationships so they feel comfortable reaching out or sharing or requesting that information.
0: Well, well, you know, it reminds me of the old like preacher joke where, you know, the, the husband says, Well, you know, I told her I loved her the day we got married. You know, why, why <laughs> right. do I have to keep repeating it? Right.
1: <laughs> I'll uh, let her know if anything changes.
0: <laughs> right. I'll let her know when it changes. So, so, but I love the beginning part, the, the G, the goal, right? So that is one area that I have observed. And, you know, my focus is primarily helping people think through growth strategy, like how do we get to next levels in either revenue or, or margins or profitability or valuation? And in that context, uh, I find that especially in the, well, maybe this, is, this could be true in the enterprise level as well, but certainly in the, in the spaces that I operate in, the goal, what the company's trying to achieve is not usually communicated to the troops. Like maybe the salespeople, if they have a sales team, you know, maybe have three or four salespeople, they might communicate to them, okay, this is what we're trying to do. But very rarely is that transmitted to the troops. So you have people toiling away and working at what they think is as hard as possible, but exactly just in the box of what their immediate responsibility is and never really uh, even giving a thought to the overarching goals of the organization, What is trying to do? What does the boss really want to get to? If I understood that, then I can maybe even adjust my workflow, my processes, my job to better align with that. And the boss will be happier with me and I'll be happier being there. Or maybe I find that those goals are not goals I want to be associated with, which is fine, too. And
1: I think that that is such a key, again, starting off with what is our goal? What are we here to accomplish? What is that meaningful mission? And oftentimes, when you have different divisions in an organization, a lot of times they are working with blinders on and they see what they're doing, but they don't understand the ripple impact that they have on who's depending upon them and who has actually I and mean, be providing them with the things that they need to obviously move forward as something larger than themselves. And I think that uh, you know the Gallup poll, and every leader is familiar with the Gallup poll over the last decade, where worldwide I think that something like eighty percent of workers have been defined as disengaged in some capacity. And I think that engagement, much like culture, is a really simple term to wrap your mind around. And although there may be probably eight or ten billion results on Google if you were to look up engagement, my definition for engagement when I speak with leaders is it's how much your people care about the results they're contributing to. And oftentimes where I see the disconnect is they've not helped their people to connect the dots between what they're working on each day and that specific effort on some small part and seeing the bigger picture and understanding that they are a valuable contributor to something larger and more meaningful than maybe just that part of the picture that they're working on. And so helping people see that uh, is is a huge part of your job and role as a leader is to make sure that people feel that what they're doing is a valuable part of obviously that larger goal. And the clarity of the goal creates commitment. If there's no clarity, there's certainly going to be a lack of commitment.
0: Now, I've actually seen, um, and I'd like you to comment on this, Sean. I've seen kind of maybe people go, I'll use the term overboard the other direction, where senior leaders start trying to explain, very detailed dashboard, executive dashboard kind of things to the troops, hoping that that's motivational, right? Like this is the impact on EBITDA and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody saying, "Listen, I'm here to answer the phones," you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> or I'm 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 in the warehouse, man. I'm I'm just trying to move the boxes around and, and put them in neat stacks. I'm simplifying, but the point is, you know. So is there an art or a science or a prescription how you express goals? At what levels to which people? Dashboards are not
1: motivating. They're absolutely necessary tools to maintain measurement of things that you see as really meaningful metrics for your organization. But stories and people and progress is what motivates. Mm. So if you can focus each individual on your team of here's how what you're doing impacts a person, you can tell stories about other coworkers or about clients whose lives are impacted by what they're doing, they feel that what they're doing is that much more important. And if you can share in the midst of those weekly or biweekly meetings, not just stories of people who are affected by those individual roles, but how is our progress being impacted? Because progress motivates. People want to feel that what they're doing is having an impact. That's where obviously the dashboard can be helpful to maybe share some of the progress. But my job as a leader is not to necessarily get into the weeds But to recognize that people need to feel that what they're doing matters, and why it matters, and how it ends up impacting others. That ultimately, you know, when you think about empathy, you know, I've I've had a number of conversations with leaders who are seeing accountability as I did when I was a young coach. And accountability is consequences, and we're going to provide punishment or some type of, you know, remedial search. Mm -hmm. And accountability could not be farther from that. Accountability is not punishment. Accountability is really based upon empathy. Accountability is really about, do I see how what I'm doing affects a goal or affects the people I'm working with who we're trying to work together to accomplish that goal? And I wanna be far more personally accountable for my role when I have an understanding and an appreciation of how that job, however small it might seem in a moment, does absolutely have a meaningful ripple impact. And whether it is a custodian at a high school, like I used to work in, whether it is a tech who is working in laundry at a hospital, for them to feel that what they're doing is an absolutely vital and meaningful part of ultimately that larger mission of serving people is a huge part of motivating them. And I think that that's something that, again, going back to the great acronym, that thanks and helping people feel seen as being part of, Accomplishing that goal is a huge part of uh, lighting that fire in a lot of people who otherwise may not be as committed.
0: So so getting to that commitment point, something I heard at a recent uh, business conference, and this is like the maybe the old fuddy-duddy kind of uh, uh, comment, but let me just say it, right, which is, you know, the generations are so different now. You know, the greatest generation had a certain work ethic. Even boomers were raised by the greatest generation. And here we are, like, two generations or three beyond that now. And it just seems like what matters to people is different than, like, getting the job done. It's other stuff. And do I ignore that other stuff? Do I only hire people who really care about getting, you know, getting the orders done on time? I mean, how do I even find the people that can really just do the job?
1: Well, I, I, I do believe when you look at the, the differences in terms of generational values, that is a real thing that absolutely affects the motivation of the people that you're bringing in. And millennials, as we all know, are going to be a huge part and already a huge part of the workforce. And they are very different from Gen X or from the boomer generation that was far more concerned first with the safety and security of a job and a pension and mm-hmm. making sure that we were safe. And then with status or authority or position and accomplishment. And now I think you're seeing a workforce with millennials who are far more focused upon what is that quality of life that I'm getting. And I'd much rather enjoy a quality of life than to maybe, you know, sacrifice family or other hobbies or, you know, uh, things that I might be interested in just at the altar of work. And
0: I think that. Yeah, but not everybody can afford to set up a. A Google campus with like, uh, you know, comfort chairs. <laughs> <Right. you> know? <laughs> and and again, I
1: I think that that's, a, that's an, a common misperception is that, you know, you've got to have snacks and foosball tables and yeah. all kinds of things surrounding your people in a, you know, shared space, that that's what defines an exceptional culture. An exceptional culture can absolutely be me sitting at home, as a remote team member, as part of something larger than myself, when those five other areas are taken care of? And again, it goes back to, have you clarified that goal? Have you allowed people to intentionally build relationships and had events and opportunities for them to get to know the people that you're expecting them to collaborate with? Have you set those expectations? Are you having those consistent accountability and feedback and growth conversations? And do people feel appreciated for what they're doing?
0: Well, and, you know, and I personally, early, early in my career, I was doing software development for a company. It was a chemical distributor and the owner's name was Don and I would be on site. This is the day just before the cloud and everything. I was on site doing work and, you know, my, my day ran past dinner, right? It was like a long day to get stuff done, but I would see as every team member left for the end of the day, Don would often step out of his office and say, Hey, Mary, thank you for a great day today that, you know, he, he was very, and it wasn't like fake or it was sincere appreciation for the fact that they helped the enterprise. And I saw how it, how it affected people's willingness to step up and respond just because they felt appreciated. They felt like they were seen. So I've yeah. seen that power very early in my career, just that. So I'm, I'm glad you ended great with that tea because it really is a powerful, uh, change agent in terms of how you handle things. And, and you know, a lot of owners I talked to, they do appreciate that people, but asking them, well, do you le- how do you let them know? And it's, it can't just be a Turkey at Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. Right. It has to be something more. So, wow. So then let me just come back a little bit to something that's really two things that are happening right now. Obviously we're living in this, in this hopefully soon to be officially post COVID world. Right. Uh, one is the hiring, right? It's hard to find people and so on. And you talked about like just a a culture of retention, right? So Mm -hmm. the whole idea that it's a lot easier hiring people if I don't have to fill empty slots uh, because people left. So what do you see is a best practice or a, a good way to look at how to hang on to my people, especially when that person comes into my office and says, listen, I just talked to Acme Sprockets and they're offering me $2 more an hour. And uh, I got to take that, right? So is that is that all there is? And what do I, ris- do I just say $3 and then get into a bidding war for, for mid-level talent? I mean, what's what's the answer there practically?
1: Well, I think that there's always going to be the allure of the $2 more an hour, the $20,000 more year, or whatever that might be when somebody comes calling. And I think that, you know, again, in, in those conversations I have with leaders about being intentional, about building a culture, if you're taking care of those five things it's going to be very difficult for your people to leave a place if they've been anywhere else because they're going to appreciate how different that culture is when you're intentional about giving uh, energy and resources and in, you know um, investing in those things. That said, I, I, I think that there are a handful of what I call loyalty anchors. Uh, certainly pay is one of those. I think the quality of people that I get to work with is one of those. I think that showing me progress is one of those. Um, I think that purpose obviously is one of those, but that idea of progress is what are you doing to help me to grow? And I think that that's one of the things you also Mm. see with millennials is how am I not just serving in this position, but how can I add a skill? How can I continue to grow myself in that sense of growth? You know, businesses, To the title of your podcast, Businesses Only Grow When the People Inside Those Businesses Are Given Opportunities and Encouragement to Grow. So, what are you doing as leaders in those accountability kind of feedback one on one conversations that you need to be having on a pretty consistent basis to find out what are those hot button things that the people that you're serving as a leader that they're interested in learning about or contributing in a larger way? How can you help them to climb that ladder of skills or? you know, kind of personal growth so that they feel that they are not stagnating, that they continue to grow uh, regardless of how large the organization is.
0: But am I not then just equipping them and training them up to take a job somewhere else?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, again, there's the great, I think it's John Maxwell quote, you know, you know well, what happens if we train all these people and they leave? Well, the other side of that coin is what happens if we don't train them and they stay? And I think that your job, you know, my job as a coach, my job as a parent is to pour into my people so they become the absolute best version of themselves as teammates and leaders. And if they have opportunities, wonderful. I want to be such a magnet culture. I want to be such uh, an intentional culture that when somebody does leave and they do sincerely have a family situation where they have to move or they have a situation where they do get a redonkulously different offer to go into a different role that I can offer that the people in my organization are clamoring for somebody they know to come in and be a part of the organization and that that intentional culture helps to be the magnet that keeps great people. And I think that this is something that leaders can't get away from that I love to share with your audience, because ultimately in every organization, you have hustlers and you have slackers. Mm -hmm. And as a basketball coach, there were a couple of kids on every team that you realize they're wanting to kind of just get away with what's the minimum I can do. And I think that ultimately as a leader, our job is to populate our teams with hustlers because hustlers don't like slackers and slackers don't like hustlers. And the more you have a one, the less comfortable the others become. But if you allow slacker behavior. And that ultimately is what culture is, right? Culture is just the behaviors that you allow to be repeated in your organization. If you allow some of those behaviors to be repeated, everybody notices. And so your job is hopefully to coach those slackers to be hustlers or to help them find a different organization to be a part of so you can populate that role with people who are going to fit your organization's standards.
0: Wow. And and Sean, just quickly uh, in the time we have here, because I don't want to skip it. I alluded to it. The second kind of COVID reality, right? One is retaining people, finding people. But then, and you mentioned in your relationship on your great acronym, uh, you know, the reality is uh, it's a lot easier to do all those kind of developmental things if we're in the same building. Mm-hmm. Now we're not even necessarily in the same city. So, how do, do we just, and we see this, this like a uh, pullback now, large companies say, no, you got to get back into the office. We need that now. And people are resisting that. Is there, is there any kind of, you know, where do you see that unfolding? Maybe is the better way to say it. what's possible. Is this just a new normal? Um, do we have to settle for that? And can we actually create some of the things you're talking about in an environment where everybody is kind of working from home or a lot, a, a lot of the time, Often, you know, that kind of situation.
1: GM very famously over the last couple of years went to a work structure that they called work appropriately. And so they had a number of their engineers who were able to work from home and still contribute. And so the question that a lot of those new employees at GM are asking themselves is what a lot of employees are asking themselves. If I can perform, performance doesn't have anything to do with presence. Presence can absolutely help with relationships and other interactions and collaborative opportunities. But again, it goes back to if I'm intentional about building my culture, we're going to set expectations about here's when we're going to have asynchronous communication on this platform. We're going to be intentional about here's where we're going to have a meeting to make sure we're accommodating the people in different time zones. But every week, we're going to come together here and go through some of those things and have specifically an intentional opportunity for people to connect and build relationships and establish trust in an in person environment where it becomes a whole lot less cost demanding than maybe maintaining that large building that's not mm. necessary anymore. And the question that workers are going to continue to ask themselves is why, if you want me to come into the office consistently, why, what is that specific need? Because if I can be a productive, high performing team member and I can have conversations via zoom to build relationships with some of my teammates. And if I can, uh, begin to, uh Grow and have other opportunities to be a better leader in the organization moving forward. Why is that necessary. That's why I do believe that, uh, you know, in person only is going to continue to be a diminishing reality, you're going to see a lot more organizations moving to at the very least hybrid, because people again, once you, uh, once you taste ice cream, it's tough to get away from it.
0: Right. Wow. Well, Sean Glaze, we've covered a lot of ground here. This is fantastic stuff. I love your great, your G-R-E-A-T, goal relationships, expectations, accountability, and thankfulness for thanking people. Wonderful addition here. Uh, It's been a pleasure to have you here. And if somebody listening uh, to this, Sean, wanted to know more about you and your work, where should they go to learn more?
1: Would love to connect with your audience on LinkedIn. They can just search LinkedIn for Sean Glaze, S E A N G L A Z E. And again, one of the things, uh, and and you've been wonderful allowing me to share hopefully some helpful nuggets. Uh, again, I'm as a speaker and author, love working with teams and providing resources. If they were to go specifically to my website at Great Results Team Building, there is a toolbox they can sign up for. They can go to ToolboxStuff.com uh, and get. Free access to over 50 resources. And again, if I can serve you or your audience in any way in the future, know that I would absolutely be thrilled.
0: Absolutely. Sean, thank you so much for that. We'll have those links also on our show notes. Thanks again. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth On Purpose.